0: And we welcome you to the Wednesday Morning Show on WGTD. I'm Gregory Berg, and we're opening the program today with Nate Stamper, who is the guest director of the current production uh, at the Racine Theatre Guild. And it is a play that is really quite beloved, particularly because of the very first film adaption of it, which was made. It's Oscar Thompson's On Golden Pond. And... Uh, This show opened this past weekend and runs for the next two weekends on the stage of the Racine Theatre Guild. And I'm really excited that uh, Nate Stamper can join us to uh, talk with us about what it's been like to put this uh, well-known work uh, onto the stage of the Theatre Guild and to bring all of the various elements together. Nate Stamper, we welcome you to the morning show.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Uh, Before we get to On Golden Pond, uh, just explain to our listeners a little bit about your own theatrical background and especially uh, your own connection to the Theater Guild and the kind of productions that you have led there.
1: Oh, boy. Um, Well, uh, I got my uh, Bachelor's of Arts uh, in Theater from UW Parkside and um, worked and bounced around theater after I graduated graduated from there uh, all the way as far south as Alabama and um, even a short stint as a resident ASM over at the Fireside Dinner Theater, which uh, brought me to the position I currently have now, which is the scene shop supervisor for Parkside as well
0: as the technical director for the Fireside Dinner Theater. Oh, um, yeah. So when we go to the Fireside Uh, what are we seeing that is, in a sense, your (laughs) handiwork? I don't mean literally so much, as more figuratively.
1: Sure, sure, sure. So uh, when you go there, it's a unique space because it's a a theater in the round. So we have a 20-foot-by-20-foot square stage where the audience surrounds it. Um, And everything you look at... um, Uh, on stage, which is set pieces and props that come up through a hydraulic lift in the center, um, as well as the floor, and then the numerous walls that surround the audience that have LED lightings and incandescent lightings and different cutouts and paint work and all that. That's all my responsibility. I can't take 100% credit for it, obviously, Um, probably just a 2% credit because it's the people that work with me. Uh, Our set designer, Rick Rasmussen, our scenic artist and charge artist, Andy Toussaint, and my ATD, Steven Novak, and uh, numerous other students that help and work out on the set um, that really really create it and make it happen
0: I just I just point my finger and then <laughs> and then they make it beautiful Wow well that's great so for uh, I mean I suspect uh, a fair number of our listeners have been to the fireside but for those who haven't it is indeed a theater in the round and mm-hmm. and so there's no place to take sets off no. the way <laughs> happens in a proscenium stage and so uh, Sometimes set pieces go up into the into the ceiling, but mostly they go down, yeah, uh, oh, into, yeah. in essentially the pit, and some kind of <laughs> quick change happens, and then this new set rises uh, b- up before our eyes. Absolutely, and it's really pretty cool. I mean, it's it's a w- interesting in in how that, in a sense, enhances the magic of mm-hmm. what one not that it happens by magic, but we sort of feel like it does
1: yeah I mean it's really just about creating an experience um, and setting the mood and the tone for the show surrounding them as opposed to just in front of them which is pretty unique
0: yeah so what is it like then in terms of shifting over to this other aspect of theater which involves the actual play itself and the actors and the dialogue and and so on um, and do these feel like completely different planets to you in terms of the work that you do in the One Theater, versus, for instance, this stint as uh, guest director at the Racine Theater Guild? Or the they? Um, I mean, not not entirely. Uh, the the whole beauty of theater is really the the goal is to
1: tell a good story, and um, my my background really is uh, is in education because. Um, I taught at KUSD for a couple of years, um, and my desire to educate and teach is paramount mm-hmm. uh, to my uh, desire as a technical director. Um, <clears throat> so, so I've w- with that past in mind, I kind of approach every play from the from the direction of an educator, and trying to not only create a good play, a good experience for the audience, but also a good experience for the actors and the crew that are part of it. And mm-hmm. um, unfortunately, you can't take the the teacher out of the room. So so I look at it as sort of just an educational opportunity to work with
0: students. Right. And I should suspect that uh, because you also have uh, so much experience with the hands-on stuff of crafting sets and dealing with the stage work and so on, that's probably helpful to you as a director to, to understand all that is involved in making that aspect of this work, that it's about a whole lot more than just those actors in the spotlight.
1: Absolutely. And I think that that uh, harkens a lot back to to, uh, Parkside and my bachelor's is because uh, the goal originally was to have a well-rounded education in theater. And because I wanted to be a teacher, I never really focused in any one area. Uh, which means that when I approach a play uh, from a directing standpoint, um, it's a lot easier for me to consider every attribute of the play as opposed to just how the actors are going to be on stage, um, which also then affords me a good opportunity to work with the designers um, and the technicians in in a way that I also sort of understand where they're coming from and the mm. work that they're doing Um so uh, you know it's it's a very
0: different perspective, um, but um, but it's it's one I really enjoy. Wonderful. I know you have guest directed at least one other play at the Theater Guild, and I suspect maybe even more than that. Three. So what three. have you done there?
1: Uh, the first one was uh, One Slight Hitch, um, and that was I think about five or six years ago. <clears throat> and then uh, oh man, it's only three, but I'm forgetting them. Uh, <laughs> one Slight Hitch, and then. Um, the most recent one. Oh, then there's exit laughing, hmm. and then after that uh, was oh man, it was the last <laughs> one. It was last year. Um, is a tremendous cast, <laughs> but I can't remember for the life. I guess when you do when you do seven shows a year for another theater, really? they all sort of just blend in together Absolutely. after a while. <laughs> a happy a happy
0: blend of of great successes. Well, uh, and now Oscar Thompson's uh, on Golden Pond. So, I assume this was a very specific invitation would you like to come and be the guest director for on golden pond mm-hmm. and uh how did you greet that opportunity I
1: you know i i always uh am thrilled to come back to the theater guild and and the the reason is is because and i tell this every time that i am absolutely uh amazed uh by the amount of dedication and work that the volunteers do there um and, and there hasn't been a show that I've been a part of where I haven't felt that every single one of the people that have contributed the show have given it their all and worked really hard. And what's amazing about that is, is there's a sense of honesty because they're not getting paid. There's no college credit. Sometimes, especially when you're backstage, there's really even no immediate credit like you have as a performer on stage. But they're doing it solely because they love it. And there's something beautiful about that. Um, So every time I go back, um, there's this really great welcoming feeling, which is sort of addictive. Um, And so every time I get asked, I'm thrilled to come back.
0: Mm. So what did you know about On Golden Pond? I suspect you (laughs) recognize the title. Yeah.
1: um, well, I'm probably the one person on the planet that has not seen the movie. And, uh, and when they asked me to direct it, um, I was half a step uh, to watching it. My wife uh, was actually going to turn it on and watch it. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa hang on. Uh, you go ahead. I think I'm going to leave the room. And because the roles in that movie with Katherine Hepburn and uh, Henry Fonda and Jane Fonda are so, so iconic that I, I wanted to s- sort of stay away from being swayed because I know everyone else would have seen the movie. And so the ability to sort of have a fresh eye to it um, was important to me. There was, a, there was a note that Ernest Thompson said at the beginning of the play um, about his uh, prize production of it, which was in 2005 with James Earl Jones, and it got a, um, a Tony for Best Revival, um, and that it focused less on the sentimentality and more on the conflict with the family and the issues that they were having. And I was unaware of how the movie would take it or how other predict- productions were taking it. But I wanted to stay true to that note that the playwright wrote. And that's something that sort of helped guide us through through our, um, our discussion and development of this play.
0: Hmm. So if I was to ask you then, um, how does the script that you're doing of what I assume is the original play, mm-hmm. uh, which, premiered a couple of years before the famous film. Uh, What is the difference between that and what we see uh, in that famous film uh, you wouldn't have any idea actually no i'd have
1: i have no idea and i won't have an idea for another 2 weeks wow because if i watch it now and i notice oh oh well that's interesting well that that's an interesting take i i can't do anything about it now so it's there's no there's no other reason to watch it now except to stress myself out a little bit <laughs> so so i'm just going to wait and when the show closes i'll be able to turn it on and and see another another production of it with fresh eyes
0: right as you just mentioned uh, very likely uh Many of your cast members, maybe all of your cast members, have seen the movie. Yeah. And uh, so I wonder if you had any advice for them, because I would would say in general, most stage directors are, are not anxious for their actors to go out of their way to imitate what Katherine Heppard did or Meryl Streep did or mm-hmm. Adam Sandler or whatever mm-hmm. show we happen to be talking about. That would be about. an interesting is that, production that, is that Adam Sandler <laughs> and
1: on Golden Pond. <laughs> right. Yeah. There you go.
0: Uh, so, uh, what was your advice if, if anything for your actors who have seen this movie, was it to one way or another try to, in a sense, expunge those performances mm-hmm. from their minds as yeah, they prepare?
1: So, I mean, uh, Harry Mona, um, Uh, Lisa, Dan, John, Rowan, and they're all doing a fantastic job and they're all all bringing sort of their own take to it which is exactly what you want but I was I I knew that they'd be um, that they would have seen the show or at least a majority would have seen the movie and um, and because Catherine Hepburn because Henry Fonda are so iconic the worry is always that they imitate them And I said, if you're going to watch it, and which you have probably already, that's fine. And you can take it into advisement, but try to take some time, go online, find some other performances of it, try to find some other things that you like about those to sort of wash that sense of what the role is in your brain so you can find... What the role is to you. Mm. Um, And so my job, I feel, as a director, isn't to stand there and tell someone how they feel, where exactly they should go, what they should think, but really act merely as a guide to help them find and discover what their character is to them how they can personally connect with it so the honesty is truer on stage Mm. Um, and especially since we're focusing so much on these relationships which are strained they have to personally connect with them in some way and identify with what the issues are otherwise it ends up feeling forced and I think they did a really great job of that
0: Mm. we're speaking with uh, Nate Stamper about the Racine Theater Guild's production of Ernest Thompson's On Golden Pond, which just opened this past weekend and runs for the next two weekends. So uh, I suspect the vast majority of listeners uh, probably have seen the film, but uh, that doesn't mean everybody has. And maybe some people have not seen it in quite some time. Uh, <laughs> so uh, sketch for our listeners, at least... Uh, the most fundamental contours of, of the story about Golden sure. Pond.
1: Sure. Um, so the, the place surrounds Norman and Ethel Thayer, um, and it's their 48th summer on in their cabin on Golden Pond um, in Maine. And uh, this particular summer, uh, their daughter Chelsea brings her fiancé uh, Bill and his son Billy uh, out to the cabin, and um, they drop them off and they go to Europe like you do. Uh, And Norman and Billy sort of strike up this this kinship, this relationship. Norman, who is normally a fairly curmudgeon type individual, he's approaching sort of the end end area of his life. He's always joking about death and the impending doom, while Ethel's constantly trying to find the joy and happiness of life. So there's that conflict there. Um, But Norman, we start to see a lighter side of him when he starts to connect more with Billy. Chelsea comes back from Europe, and she sees this, and is happy for Billy and Norman, but obviously it brings up the idea of why she didn't have that when she was younger and why their relationship is strained. So she tries desperately to, to fix that relationship um, before it's too late. And, and the, the, the word we kept grabbing onto in rehearsals uh, was, was hope because mm-hmm. in the end, there's not really this huge, everyone's happy resolution. But more, there's just little bits of hope. These little relationships that were so strained, we don't know for sure whether they'll survive or they'll be better, but we hope that they do. We mm. have a tidbit that maybe they'll be okay, but we don't really know for sure. And and I think that's so true to life, is you can really only hope that what you've tried to achieve will happen, and you really have to just wait for time to pass
0: to see if it does. Mm. <laughs> which is easier said than done yeah. <laughs> no uh, kidding yeah that's kind of the human quandary that uh, that so many people face um so it's interesting when when you face the challenge of casting this play uh because you hadn't seen this uh famous film with uh Catherine Hepburn and mm-hmm. uh, Henry Fonda and Jane Fonda uh you didn't have them necessarily at all in mind no. uh in terms of uh, of, of the actors to cast in these roles. So what kinds of things were you thinking about in terms of assembling just the right actors to bring this uh, story to life?
1: Well, I mean, obviously the script had to guide me um, uh, predominantly. Um, but really what what you're looking for then uh, is people and how they work together and how they connect to each other um, on stage. Because you're talking about a couple that's been together for you know, most of their life. And then a daughter that they've known as long as she's existed. Um, And then another, and then her and her fiance, who obviously care tremendously about each other. And then another character, Charlie Martin, who's the local mailman, who they've seen every summer since they've come up there and he was younger. So all these people know each other really well. And the focus wasn't necessarily uh, to find performers that could take a certain direction with the character, but more so finding characters that were comfortable listening and reacting and be there in the moment with each other. Mm -hmm. Um, And and, and we had a a great group of people that turned out, and um, it just seemed that this group that we're with right now seemed to really mesh. And we've had some tremendous discussions in rehearsal. Um, We've also had tremendous uh, disagreements in rehearsal. But um, that's part of the beauty of it is you don't always have to agree on these things because you're all working together just to find what's right for the show and to be true to the script.
0: Mm. What has been most challenging uh, about putting this together? I mean, for instance, is it a play that has, in a sense, certain pitfalls in in the way that it's written mm. or is uh, are there other challenges involved in terms of creating the sense of, of of where we are or um, are, are, have them there been particularly vexing challenges that yeah. uh, you've been dealing with
1: yeah I mean the first one is is a is a you know just a time issue is because of the the period uh, that the show is performed, uh, not in the script, but in real life, it takes place. We, we did the rehearsal process all through the holidays. Mm. So (laughs) we first hit Thanksgiving, which breaks it up a little bit. And then Uh. we hit the, the uh, Christmas new year season, which breaks it up a little bit right before you hit tech. Um, so, you know, asking people to sort of give up a lot of their family time to be a part of that. That's always a bit of a hiccup Mm. to deal with. Um, they were, they've been tremendous, but it's always difficult. Mm. Um, Ernest Thompson also, um, he wrote it in such a way that there's a lot of openness, I think, to it, and a lot that um, that a lot of different angles you can take to these characters and these relationships, which provides great discussions in rehearsals, um, but also makes it a little difficult to try to really nail down what is the real of the show again without falling back to the movie or falling back to a previous performance. Um, but as much as that can be a stress, I f- I find it as much a joy because. Because again, if it's about working with the actors, it's a, if it's about finding what is important to the script, um, providing just enough as a playwright gives a lot for um, the people that are, are part of the production, gives a lot for them to sort of digest and, and really bring out as their own and make their own.
0: Mm-hmm. So what would you say you most like or most appreciate about this play, I mean, about this essential story? Mm, that's a good one. Um, so, like I said before, I, I like that it
1: does not have uh, a very obvious happy ending. I like mm. that it leaves it just a little bit, um, just leaves you a little bit guessing on whether things really are great. I mean, it, it ends with with the idea that um, maybe they'll see her their daughter more Maybe they'll, um, they'll connect with her more and they'll connect with each other more. You know that the relationship between Billy and Norman has developed more and he's softened a bit, but you don't really know how long that's going to last, both because they've had so much time to have strain, but also because we don't really know how long Norman is going to last uh, because there's issues with his health. Um, and so, again, it leaves you with that idea of, well, we hope that everything's going to be great. We don't know for sure. And I love that ambiguity um, that's that's given at the end of the show.
0: Yeah, I think uh, when it comes to my favorite plays, my, for that matter, my favorite films, that's probably what I love almost more than anything is mm-hmm. when a playwright or screenwriter, uh, let's say, has the guts <laughs> to, uh, to, to leave us with, with this sense of just like real life so often yeah. is not... Well, Perfect. I mean,
1: that's the that's the deal, right? Is 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 theater and and art imitates life, and the more it can do that, I think, the more we as an audience can have a catharsis.
0: Hmm. Very good. So you opened this past weekend, and mm-hmm. you are uh, having performances uh, this coming weekend and the following weekend as well. So, um, are you on hand at all, or, uh, <laughs> or by this point do you get to just well, let go of it?
1: You know, so. I- some directors are a little more hands-on um, during the performances. I, I like to take a step back after opening night, and, and that's by design. Um, as I've shared with the actors, I like to see, because the play continues to develop over three weekends. They continue to work on it and find more moments and connect in different ways. Um, and part of, part of the issue is if I'm there there's less freedom to do that without worrying about doing the right thing. And so I get to come back now at the end of the run and see where they've taken it. Because if it's, again, that idea of getting to them to a point where uh, it's not me directing, but mm. guiding them and helping them find their own, then they're able to do that. And by the end, it, it, it can be a really interesting, beautiful production in some ways that I haven't even mm. conceived. And, and so I like to take that separation and come back at the end. Um, and see what happens. But of course, as part of the deal, if something happens. Well, I'm still here. And I tell mm-hmm, them that. Mm-hmm. if you need to talk to me, if you have a question, even if you want to share something really great that happened on stage, let me know. And yeah. I, I want to know about it.
0: I like that. Mm-hmm. So Ernest Thompson's uh, On Golden Pond uh, is in performance this weekend and the following weekend uh, at the Racine Theater Guild. Essentially, performances are Friday night, Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, Sunday afternoon. Uh, there is a Thursday night uh, performance with the f- last That's weekend the last the performance. Weekend, yep. And and if you want more information, you can certainly go to the Racine Theater Guild's website. And otherwise, give the box office a call at 633-4218. To finish out this portion of the morning show, we're going to hear a little bit of the main music of David Gruzen. From that mm, iconic mm, film excellent. of On Golden Pond. And in the meantime, Nate Stamper, the director of the Racine Theater Guild's production, thank you so much for being part of the morning show today. Thank you for
1: having me. Thank you.